This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast with you cool cats, Hannah Hogan and Dusty Slay. Skibbity da boom ba boom. podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and uh, I'm here alone. My wife has a job now, and this is the first time that I've ever tried to actually videotape. Well, not the first time, but this is going to be my third attempt to videotape. Uh, I don't know why I call it videotape. There's no tape involved. It's just video. We're recording, and um, so here I am doing it the first time alone. My wife is at work. She has a job now which I'll get into, uh, but this is the We're Having a Good Time podcast, and my name's Dusty Slay, I'm your host, I'm pumped to be here, I got a lot to talk about, I got a lot of exciting things that, that have been on my mind, and now I'm here, and uh, like I say, my wife is at work, so when we started this podcast, we were both two comics working the road, and... You know, we were just out there doing our thing. We would come in and we would talk about how where we would be, where we had been, where we're going. And then Hannah has really taken a step back, but she didn't want to just sit around at home all day, so she went out and got a job. And she's working uh, as a tour guide now, and uh, so she's still utilizing her skills. And uh, I'm okay with it because she seems very happy and she's excited to get out and just do something different. I mean, uh, she's kind of. She's really done this in reverse, right? She never really had a job. She kind of graduated high school, went to theater school, and then became an actress. So now she's getting back into it, whereas I sold pesticides for years and, uh, uh, you know, never want to do other jobs again. I don't know. Maybe I do. I actually, from my apartment, I could see the gas station outside, and this girl was in the parking lot sweeping it. And I thought, you know what? I kind of miss having a regular job sometimes because, you know, you hate going in, you're like, but, you know, you get into a routine and I don't know, I love doing comedy, but uh, I just think about that sometimes. I, uh, well, here we go. Let's get right into it. Where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they've been. Where we're going, where we've been. Where I've been is this past weekend I was in Chicago. I went to uh, play the improv there. And on the way to Chicago, I had a direct flight, direct flight from American Airlines. Because uh, there's a hub in Chicago. I'm always connecting. But I had a direct flight to Chicago. I thought this is going to be amazing. I got upgraded to first class. It was. I was like, this is a dream trip. I got to the airport about 8.30. I was going to be leaving at 10.30, getting to Chicago at 1. Going to go get me some groceries, take in the day. But uh, there was a delay. Right when I walked in, the flight to Chicago before mine, they had an announcement. They said, I just want to let everybody know this flight has been canceled. And so that flight was canceled, and those people were not happy. And I was like, well, that's fine, because my flight's next, so not a big deal. But then my flight was delayed. And then my flight was delayed again. 
And then my flight was delayed yet again. And and then they boarded us. They were like, "We're gonna do it, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get you guys to Chicago." And this this time by this time I'd be getting there around four. That'd be great. So we get on the plane. We're going along. All of a sudden they stop and they say, "Ah, you know, we've been delayed by two hours." No, no, no. First they said we've been delayed by an hour. I was like, "All right, one hour, no big deal." They said we're just gonna sit on the plane. I was like, "That's a great idea. I'm in first class." Give me a little something to drink. Let me get a little bag of popcorn. We'll sit here for an hour. I'll play Angry Birds. Not a big deal. And then all of a sudden they go, you know what? Now we've been delayed by two hours. We're going to take you off the plane. So they park us back in there. We get off the plane. Then we get back on the plane. But as we're getting back on the plane, the tickets are scrambled now. Now people are not knowing what's happening. The machines aren't working. It takes us a long time to get back on the plane. But finally we get on there. We do take off. What should be a one and a half hour flight was a three hour flight because we had to fly around a storm. They said we went to Omaha, Nebraska to get to Chicago from Nashville and it took us three hours. We landed. I missed my first show. I never missed a show. I never been late to a show, but I definitely never missed a show. And uh, it hurts me that my streak is now broken. But I made it, and I got off the plane, and then my bags weren't coming up. They were like, we can't unload the bags because because the uh, the weather's so bad. So we go out. We get in the car. My driver's there. I'm riding in a stretched limo, a white stretched limo. And I don't know if you've been in a limo like this ever in your life, alone and sober. But it is sad. And I don't know if it was sad because I was so tired from the amount of delays But as I was just sitting in this limo, I thought, I feel like a rich guy in the 90s with no friends, right? It's like, yeah, I could open a bottle of wine right now if I want. I could pop some champagne, but I'm just riding. I feel like if you're in a car like that, you got to have at least two girls and some drugs. I feel like that's the only way that works. Um, But then, so I'm in this limo alone without my bags. I left my bags. And then I go, I get to the show. Uh, my feature, Pat Chase, is on stage when I arrive. He has about 10 minutes to go. So I get into the green room. I'm chatting it up. We're hanging. And then, boom, I'm up on stage. I smell bad. I don't have my normal stage clothes. And I go out there, and I'm just loose with it. And I had a great time. I was like, man, this is this was a hot show. And I didn't get it filmed. It's one of my best shows I've had in a while. I didn't get it filmed. I didn't get it videotaped, as I would like to say. But man, it was great. I loved it. And then when I got done with my show, I started, I was like, I'm going to go back to the airport, get my bags. Guess what? Found out the airport was closed. At least the section was closed where I need to get my bags. So I just went back to the, I went to the hotel, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, Ubered down to the airport, got my bags. They were there, came back, and I cooked some food. in the room because I took a pressure cooker with me and I took a blender. I made a, I walked over to a whole mo- whole foods. It was about a mile away. I walked to the whole foods, grabbed some groceries, walked about a mile back. And then, uh, I made a smoothie in my room, which I just posted a video on my Instagram about by the time this goes out, who knows that story may be gone. I'll try to post it again somewhere else. And then I, Later that day, I cooked some chicken in the pressure cooker with vegetables, and it was delicious. And 
I just really enjoyed it. The next day I tried to cook some beef. That didn't turn out as well. I'll have to figure that out. But on the way up there, it all my bags flew perfect. It was amazing. And then on the way back, everything went smooth with the airline. But my everything had shifted in my bag and the pressure cooker was real dented. And then it had smashed this bottle of protein I had. So protein was everywhere, all over everything in the bag. I had to vacuum my bag out. And so I don't know that I'll be taking the pressure cooker again. I may have to find a different way to do it, which is disappointing because I thought I'd really figured something out. I used to take a hot plate with me when I would travel, but I don't know. Maybe I will go back to that. The hot plate was actually a little smaller. I don't know. I just want to be able to cook in my room. I just want to be able to heat some stuff up. I could cook a bunch of stuff at home and then, you know, and then take it with me. But then everything I'm eating is cold. So I don't know what I'll do. I just don't want to eat at restaurants all the time. But so that's where I was. I was in Chicago and I got really sidetracked with that. But I had a great time. I thought Chicago, those shows were amazing. I, my, my, uh, Host and feature were amazing. Uh, they were very funny. And then the crowds were great. They just, the crowds were just, uh, unbelievable. They were so nice. Uh, a couple of people had to get kicked out. I think one guy tried to fight another guy. He was yelling during my set. I started talking about, I forget what I was talking about. It was either, uh, a weed joke. Oh, you know what it was? I have a joke where I talk about how I used to put my, I used to dip a lot. I would, you know, and I don't, I used to smoke until my lungs hurt, and then I would dip until my lungs healed, and then I would smoke till my lip healed. And I would put, you know, I would dip with my fingers, and I, I'm not very good at washing my hands sometimes. And I also wore contacts at the time. So I would put, I would forget that I had put, I had been dipping, and I would go for the contact, put those in, and then it would start burning. But it wouldn't burn right away. It would be later. And sometimes my eyes would be real dry, so it would burn anyway. So I wouldn't really even think about it. And then, but one day I remember I'm driving, I'm living on Folly Beach in South Carolina and I'm driving and I'm about to get off the island and my eyes are just burning uncontrollably. I had to pull over, take the contacts out. I couldn't understand what was going on. I'm on my way to work. So now my eyes are super red, which never looks good. And, but I found out it was because I was dipping and not washing my hands. So my joke was that, you know, hey, you know, that's actually not bad. You put a little dip in your eye. You can get uh, get a little nicotine that way. And then I said, a lot of people will put LSD in their eye, but people won't put tobacco in there. And then when I said LSD in their eye, this guy goes nuts. He's like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, okay. I was like, doesn't really sound like someone that's on LSD, but uh, n- not to my knowledge. And and then he just kept going, and then I was like, okay, all right, we get it. And then he kept going, and then the security went over, and then he tried to fight the security, and it was like, he said, I heard him go, come on, man. And it's like, dude, nobody wants you to do that in here. Nobody wants, like, if you yell out one time at a comedy show and the comedian makes a joke about it, that's fun. Everybody's had a good time. The audience enjoyed it. The comic was probably annoyed by it, but he can get past it. And, and and you got your moment in the sun. You get to say, hey, last night I went to a comedy show, and you know what I did? I made uh, the audience laugh through the comedian. Great. It's a win for everyone. But if you keep going, then you're annoying, and we want you to we want you to be out of there. Honestly, we don't care. I don't want to kick people out, but I don't want you to sit there and just yell out the whole time and mess me up and then 
leave thinking, well, you're not a good enough comedian because you couldn't handle me. You couldn't handle it. You got to be able to handle those situations. I've heard people say that. You got to be able to handle it. And it's like, yeah, you do got to be able to handle it, but we don't want to. Don't make it that hard for us. So, but the shows were great. I loved it. And uh, the security was on it. The staff was great. Fantastic. And I got to... I want to re-talk about West Palm Beach a little bit because, you know, I think part of my problem at West Palm Beach last week was that I was tired. I did like, you know, I did a 15-day run where I was barely home at all, did a lot of flights, and that was the end of it. And then I got three and a half days to rest at home before flying to Chicago and doing that gig. So I got to think that, you know, I just wasn't well-rested when I was in West Palm Beach. And uh, even though I didn't talk bad about them, I just said I didn't have that good of a time. I think it could have just been because I was tired. All right, so that's where I've been, and now where I'm going. This weekend, I'm going to Columbia, uh, South Carolina, on Thursday to the new Brooklyn Tavern for the Cola Comedy Con, which I'm excited about. I haven't been to Columbia in a long time. John Gibson, who used to book stuff at the Red Door, is now booked me to do his comedy festival, and I'm excited to go. And then on Friday and Saturday, I'll be at the Raleigh Improv in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's actually in Cary, North Carolina, but I think they're so close that it doesn't make any difference. And I've been there before. I like the club. Very nice club. Brand new. I got a lot of, I got a lot of South Carolina, North Carolina friends. I hope they do come because I'd like them to see me do comedy. And so that's where I've been, where I'm going. And. I don't know how, if I actually do put out this video, I don't know how all my things will play out, my my bumpers as I call them, because I don't do them live. I do them in post. So I don't know how that'll work later. Eventually, what I'd like to do is be able to hit the, the uh, button to make it go while I'm on air, and then I can hit a button that goes, where we been, where we going, and I'm just sitting here while it plays. But as for now, I don't know what I'll do. But either way, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be fine. So now, um, let's see what I got here. I got a few things. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. Oh, I saw some people at the airport. And this is a, I don't know why I'm even talking about this, but I bought this new bag, this backpack, and I really like it. I'm pumped about it. And then I saw two people at the airport with the same bag. And it wasn't they had the same bag. It was that I didn't care for the people, right? I didn't know them personally. But this one guy, he had the same bag as me, and it bothered me the most. He came up a little dumpy of a guy, a little older, white hair, but not like an old man. Like he was in his 50s. I I say a little older, but not an old man. And he just – I saw him. He came around. Let's see. I wrote some stuff about him, I think. Let's see. Yeah, he's he walks up to the counter with his ticket in his hand like this and just puts it in the lady's face, just like this. And then she eventually looks at him, because the airport people are very good at, at, at ignoring you. So she puts it in his face, he puts it in her face, and then eventually she says, no, this is not your counter, it's down there. So then he goes down there, and then we go to board. And now if you don't take a lot of flights, maybe you don't know a lot about this, but American Airlines particularly, is you board by groups, right? So, you know, it's and as, as you move up in status, you start to feel good about your group. I started way back in like group eight, and then as I begin to do things, I moved my way up. I worked from five to four to three. I'm now in group three, and 
Sometimes I'll get upgraded before the flight even starts, and I'll be in group one, which is pretty exciting for me. But this guy was group five because I heard the lady tell him that. And then he tried to board with group one, and she was like, no, you're group five. And he looked so irritated, and then he went back up to her and showed her the ticket again, and she goes, no, you're group five. And then, so then I'm on my aisle seat that I love. And then that guy comes and sits next to me, and he puts his backpack in the overhead. Once you're supposed to put the backpack under the seat, right, just to save the space. They've come over the the intercom a lot of times being like, if you have backpacks in the overhead, put them under your seat. And then this guy doesn't do it. He doesn't have headphones on. He's just not doing it. And then another guy comes along. He sees the backpack in there. He grabs it out of there, and he goes, is this yours? And the guy was like, yeah. And he's like, I need to take this. And he goes, and you're taking it out. Why? And and the guy was like, I don't know, because they told us to. And then he puts the roller bag up there. And then we went on about our day. It was all fine. Uh, But I just love that he said, and and why are you moving this? And you're moving this why? And uh, anyway. So that's it. Advice I said that I would talk a little bit about what comics get paid to feature. And I feel like that I don't want to reveal. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't want to reveal people's business. Because there are people out there featuring right now who may not want people to know what they're making, right? And I don't know. I just don't feel like it's my place to, to say. But what I will say is, you know, if you're doing your own gigs and and people are asking you they're saying hey will you come work this bar show will you come do this then you kind of name your own price but if you're working with clubs if you're getting booked by comedy zone by funny business by the funny bones by your local club and you're a feature or a host there's no room for negotiation you don't get to say oh i won't do it for this amount but i'll do it for this amount it just doesn't work like that you, what I always do is when I, when a club would, would say, Hey, can you come this weekend? I would say yes. And then I, and then most of the time they'll say it includes a hotel, but I would always ask if it doesn't, I would say, Hey, just, you know, just so I know for my budgeting purposes, how much will I be getting paid? And will there be a hotel? And, you know, that's up to you after you, after they tell you how much you're getting paid, and if there'll be a hotel, that's up to you if you're going to do the gig or not. My advice would be do it no matter what, and then just for the next time say, I don't know, I can't accept that kind of gig. But, you know, I've taken a lot of gigs with low pay and no hotel, and it's not all that fun because you end up, you know, breaking even or in the negatives just to do the gig. So it's not great. But at the same time, what are you going to do? You don't have any other options. You're trying to get stage time. So you don't want to be taken advantage of forever, but for a while you are. And then those same people will, will talk about how big of a favor they did you. But And maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I'm not, I'm not to say, but the pay is low. I'm just going to say the pay is low. If you get into the funny bones and improvs featuring, pay's pretty decent there. I mean, for a feature, it's the best feature pay you can get. And I will say the punchline in Atlanta has always taken care of me the best as a feature. Uh, and, you know, my club here in Zanies always takes care of me. Huntsville always takes care of me. Those places 
are great for featuring. But if you're doing like a lower budget club, smaller clubs, you may get paid nothing. I know some clubs where they don't pay the features anything. They don't pay the host anything. I know some clubs where they'll pay the host, you know, 20 bucks a show. Some clubs, they'll pay features 50 bucks a show. But it can go up. You can make 100 a show to feature. I don't know, but I'm just saying that that can be anywhere. There could be any range. Um, but, you, you know, just keep track of it. Just know, all right, this is what I get for these shows. This is what I get for these shows. And then supplement it with merch. You don't have to have a flea market. You know, I got a bit of a flea market now. You don't have to have a flea market, but, you know, have some stuff you can sell. I, I recommend... You know, I know that the artists, the ones who are like, I don't want to sell merch. I'm an artist. You want to sell CDs. I get it. That was me too. I wanted to sell a CD. I'm like, I'm an artist. I'm not, you know, I'm not some hack out here selling t-shirts. Uh, but once I saw how much money people were making selling t-shirts, I go, maybe I am some hack out here selling t-shirts. You know, I mean, I just want to make money with this. I mean, I've, I've made money all kinds of ways and standing behind a table trying to sell t-shirts to people that may or may not want to buy them is not the worst way I've ever made money. And uh, I'll gladly do. I mean, I love selling shirts. And i tell you another reason why I like selling shirts is because on Friday I was reminded of this. And people actually did come up and talk to me. It was nice. But I've done gigs in the past where I don't sell merch, but I just go, hey, I'm going to go stand by the door. And then just, you know, talk to people as they leave. And I've done that. I did that at a place one time and like nobody left. They just went to the bar so I went out there, and then no one was really trying to talk to me. So I was like, this kind of feels useless. But if I had merch out here, I would at least have a reason to be out here. And then I work my own merch table, so I get to talk to people. You know, I like that. I, I get to take pictures with them. People rarely post the pictures that they take with me, but they do take them. I There's some vault somewhere with me and a pictures with a bunch of people, and uh, but nobody ever posts them. I I went on the highway yesterday with Sirius XM, the highway. We have that station. They broadcast out of here in Nashville. Stormy Warren, MC, um, Tommy, and they're great. I love that show. And I took a picture with the three of them after the show, and uh, I put my arm around them. And then over MC, uh, who's a lady, uh, my hand is just kind of floating, right? And... uh, Everybody's been making fun of me about this. They're calling it the Keanu Reeves floating hand. It's on my Instagram. But, you know, what I do is a lot of times I'll wave. You can't see it here on the video, but I'll I'll put my arm over someone and then I'll throw the hand up to wave. And then when I drop the wave, it rests. And we had taken several pictures. So I I do respect people and, and don't feel like they need to be grabbed up on while we're taking a picture. But also that was probably just me dropping my hand down from the wave. Uh, but I just think it's hilarious that we're at a place where, where we've gone so far that we're not touching people, but yet we're also now like being like, why won't you touch them? Just touch them. Just touch them. Right. It's like, I don't know. I've always, I I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, I never been like a big toucher. I don't, I'm not into touching people when they're not going, Hey, touch me. You know what I mean? And, uh, so, but that was fun. I love being on that show. I love that show. They're all very nice. And they let me tell jokes. You know, I get to go on the show, they and they let me tell my stories. They don't try to interrupt me. They they do their own show all the time. They have me in for 10 to 20 minutes and they let me tell my jokes. And I appreciate about that that about them. Um 
So, you know, that's kind of uh, just circling back around to the thing about how much features and stuff get cost, uh, get paid. It's like, you know, just expect not to be paid much at all for a long time. I mean, expect, but, but at the same time, you want to, you want to try to work, uh, a part-time job to no job while you're getting this going. Man, I'm getting a lot of emails. I'm sorry about all that noise that's happening, but you want to, um, you know, while you're working your way up, you know, you're not going to get paid a lot. But you need the flexibility of not having a job. So it's early in the morning. I'm a bit spacey today. I'm I'm excited to be doing this. But it's also weird. I haven't done an alone podcast in a while. So it's a bit weird. I mean, you know, um, I normally have Hannah to kind of feed off of and refer to. And she's not here. She's off working a job somewhere. So I uh, am just kind of here doing this thing. But what I want to talk about is football a little bit. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Great Scott. Now, this is not so much football analysis, football anything. This is this is a story that I've been following that I'm into. I'm into this story in sports. Now, I realize a lot of people that listen to the podcast probably listen to sports, probably watch sports, so you know some of these things. But I'm going to try to break it down a little bit for people that that don't know. And I'm no expert. I'm not being like, let me tell you how football works. But I I want people to understand this. Now, there is – I'm from Alabama. There's two teams in Alabama. There's Alabama. There's Auburn. Um, People have always said I'm not allowed to be a fan of both of them, right? But my dad – Diehard Alabama fan. He has an entire room dedicated to Alabama. Uh, his buddy Eddie comes over. They watch football together every Saturday and have for years and years and years. And they love Alabama football. My mom is a diehard Auburn fan. My mom used to buy season tickets for us to go see Auburn play. I mean, I've seen Auburn play many times. I, my mom loves Auburn. She loves Auburn. She has personalized plates on her car. That's Auburn. Neither of my parents went to these colleges, but they love them. And my parents got divorced when I was two. And they take it personal when you pull for the team that they don't pull for. I mean, you know, they don't like it. And so I've always been able to toe the line a little bit. And I'm at a place now where I'm like, you know what? I like to see Alabama win, but I also like to see Auburn win. So when it comes down to that final game, the Iron Bowl, I'm like, whichever team stands the chance to go to the national championship, that's the team I want to win. Because I want to see my home state of Alabama represented in the national championship. That's where I'm at with it. But this story is about an Alabama quarterback, a former Alabama quarterback named Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts came to play for Alabama. uh, And Alabama, for those of you who don't know, is in the SEC. That's the Southeastern Conference. That's the conference in which they play. And I don't know if it'll matter except for at one point of the story. So Jalen Hurts played at Alabama 
from 2016 to 2017. He played on that season and 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 beyond. But I'm going to focus on this first season. He played. He he's wasn't the starting quarterback in the beginning. There was a little competition between him and another guy, and Jalen won the job. In the first couple of games, Jalen won the job. And then Jalen Hurts went undefeated that season from 2016 to 2017. The Alabama Crimson Tide went undefeated, and they met Clemson in the national championship. Clemson, who plays for the ACC, that conference, Alabama SEC, um, Clemson ACC, Clemson, South Carolina. They meet in the national championship. Clemson beats Alabama. The first time Alabama had ever lost a national championship that they played in under Nick Saban, to my knowledge. And Nick Saban being the head coach of Alabama. I don't know if I've confused this altogether anyway. But the point is, Jalen Hurts went undefeated in his first season but lost the national championship game. Bummer. 2017 to 2018 season, Jalen Hurts lost one game in the regular season. And then he went on to the national championship. Well, in the playoffs, they met Clemson again. So they didn't, Clemson didn't meet them in the national championship. They met them in the playoffs. And Jalen Hurts got to get his revenge on Clemson by beating them in the playoffs. And then they went on to play in the national championship, this time against the Georgia Bulldogs, also in the SEC. In the first half of this game, Jalen Hurts was not playing well. Now, and I'm just going to say at this point, at this point in Jalen Hurts' career, I wasn't a fan of Jalen Hurts. I thought that he was a great runner, a great athlete. I thought he had a good attitude, but I didn't think he could throw. Once in a while, he would make a good pass, and I'd go, okay, maybe he is good. But I, he was always a runner. He always wanted to run. I'm not a big fan of the running quarterback. I like to see the big passes. That's what I get excited about, big passes or big running backs making run plays. I'm not as excited about quarterback run play, and that's what Jalen wanted to do all the time. So I wasn't a big fan of him. So Jalen gets pulled at halftime during this national championship game against Georgia. He gets pulled. And then Tua Tungavailoa came in, who I had never heard of, comes in and wins the game. He he makes this miraculous comeback against Georgia and wins the game. We're all celebrating. It's amazing. Tua is the greatest. We all love him. So we go to the 2018-2019 season, and now Jalen Hurts is the backup to Tua, right? And I didn't really like Jalen, but I'm like, ah, I hate to see a guy benched. If you're a if you're a, a comedian, I think this would be the equivalent to starting a weekend as a headliner and then halfway through the weekend getting switched with the feature. Now the feature's the headliner and you're the feature. That's the thing is the equivalent. So I'm like, I'm bummed about it. But every time I hear Jalen Hurts talk, Jalen Hurts is so positive about it. He's like, hey, this is a team here. We're all a team. And, you know, I just want to be a part of a winning team. I want I want to help any way I can. So it's great. I mean, things are going great. Tua's starting. Tua is crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. I think the 2018-2019 season, Alabama was undefeated. 
And it was great. Tua was amazing. He was just unbelievable. But then we get to the SEC championship game. This time we're meeting Georgia in the SEC championship instead of the national championship. Tua starts the game. Halfway through the game, Tua gets hurt. Alabama is losing to Georgia. Tua gets hurt. Who comes in? Jalen Hurts. Now, based on the outcome of the last time Alabama met Georgia, we thought, well, all right, uh, Jalen's coming in. This is exciting. I like him now. I like his attitude. But is he really going to be able to turn it around? I mean, probably not. But what's he do? He turns it around and he beats Georgia. It's amazing. Jalen Hurts was humbled by being pulled from the game and then losing his position to another quarterback. He was humbled. And then instead of running to another school, he said, you know what? I'm a part of this team. And he said, I'm going to do it. He was humbled. And then he stayed humble the entire season. And when he got to come back in, he brought Alabama back around and they beat Georgia in the SEC championship and Jalen Hurts, he got his redemption. So here we go, back to the playoffs, Tua starting again. And then they win that playoff game and then who do they meet in the SEC, who do they meet in the national championship? They meet Clemson again. Clemson who beat them two years ago in the national championship. They meet them again. And they're losing. Clemson is beating Alabama. And they decide to put Jalen in, but way too late. They decide to put Jalen in way too late. He's not able to really do anything. Alabama loses. And I think that w- that upset Jalen, that, that Clemson was beating Alabama so bad, but they wouldn't take Tua out for Jalen. So Jalen left. And the 2019, the uh, 2020 season, Jalen Hurts has now transferred to the University of Oklahoma. Now, if anybody remembers a little bit of history of the U- University of Oklahoma, uh, I don't know what conference they're in. I don't actually know. But the SEC is always hailed as the best conference, right? Everybody says it's the best conference. But way back, Oklahoma's old coach, Bob Stoops, said that he thought that uh, that it was overrated, that the SEC was overrated. So that's always made a bit of a rivalry between Alabama and Oklahoma, in my mind. I don't know if it really is, but I feel like there's a bit of a rivalry. So now Jalen Hurts goes to play for Oklahoma. Now Oklahoma had Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, who were Heisman Trophy winners and who now play in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is coming behind those guys. The Heisman Trophy is the highest honor given to an individual college athlete each year, usually a quarterback. But So Jalen Hurts is coming in behind these guys. And so far, Jalen Hurts is undefeated and is breaking records. He looks amazing. Tua is playing at Alabama and looks amazing. I want to see Oklahoma-Alabama in the national championship this year. That's what I want. Jalen Hurts versus Tua Tungavailoa in the national championship. I'm so excited. The story is not over. The Jalen Hurts story is not over. But what makes me the most excited about that story is just that Jalen Hurts, uh, I just feel like the guy is a winner. 
and I and I like him, and I like the story. And he seems to really like Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama. But it's like he was like, if I'm not gonna, get, I don't mind being humbled, but if I'm not gonna get to play, then I want to go somewhere where I can play. And he did, and he's he's blowing it up. He's looking great, and I'm very excited about it. Um, also, all right, so that's my sports thing. Also, I want to say this. I've been doing this. I decided I got verified on all my social medias, thankfully. Uh, I got a social media team on board, and they were able to get that done for me, and it's great. Um, so now that I've gotten verified, I, I've, I've been feeling a push to really make my social media be entertaining, to be exciting. And I, I already was working a bit on Instagram and on Facebook, but I had abandoned Twitter. I was like, I don't find Twitter to be fun, and I had abandoned it. So what I did was I wanted to get some tweets together, I uh, and I dug through a lot of my old notebooks and old notes on my phone, and I started just putting all of these, all these premises and jokes from these old notebooks into my phone, into the draft folder on Twitter. And now I just get to go on there like once a day or so and post one of those tweets from the draft folder, as well as adding new ones as I go along. And this has really helped me. It's helped me in a lot of ways because I'm now feeling like, okay, that that tweet got a lot of of likes. Maybe I should actually try that on stage. And I have been doing that, and I've been trying some of those jokes on stage, and it's really been working. It's really pretty exciting. I mean, I've had I've had a lot of I've had a real spark of creativity on stage. I've really gotten into it. Uh, the whole, um, you know, I mean, I, I just feel good about where uh, where my comedy's at. I really like it. I'm, I'm starting to get a lot of new jokes. I got. Tons of shows coming up. I got so many shows. I mean, they're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah! Uh, just in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Columbia and then Raleigh, as I've already said. Then I'm going to come home for a couple of days. Then I'm going to go out to Houston, Texas and perform at the Houston Improv all week. And then I'm going to leave there on Monday and fly to Wichita, Kansas, where I'm going to do a show at the Looney Bin in Wichita, Kansas, which is a club I love and I haven't been to in a long time. So I'm excited they let me do a Monday. And then I'm going to go out to Hayes, Kansas, to Fort Hayes for a uh, college. I'm going to do a college gig, then drive back to Wichita and then fly to L.A. where I will be doing uh, – the David Spade show, Lights Out. Uh, that's really exciting. Really exciting for me. I'm a huge David Spade fan, so I'm excited that I'll be doing the Lights Out show. I'm going to be on the panel, which I don't do. I don't know that I've ever really done a panel before, so I don't know how well I'll do in that setting, but I'm excited to be on there nonetheless. I just want to talk to I'd, – I'd actually just like to talk to David Spade about Joe Dirt. I want Joe Dirt 3 to get popping and to let me be in it. Joe Dirt's long-lost brother. That's what I want. And – and then um, after that, I'm going to go to Edmonton. I'm going to leave L.A. and fly to Edmonton, Canada, to go do a comedy fest there. And then I'll come home for, for a few days. But, I mean, I'm all over the place. And I am going nonstop. And so what helps me stay excited 
is new jokes. And new jokes are not exciting if they're not working. And that's just the truth. And you can write and write and write and write, whatever your process is. You can do anything you want all day. But if it's not producing results for you on stage, then it's not working. So you got to find your own your own path there to make that work. I mean, for me, I like to write things down. I mean, I got a lot of stuff written in this notebook here that I, that I write down. And then I, I, I've been taking them to Twitter. And then once I get them on Twitter, I... Um, um, you know, then I see how, how well they do and, and, or, I, or I get a feel for the wording and I go, you know what, I'm going to take that to, um, uh, to the stage and see what happens. Like, uh, there was this, uh, you know, but some of the tweets don't do well. So then I don't know. And I, I say, well, I'd like to talk about them on the podcast, but I get no feedback from the podcast. I mean, people will send me messages, but I mean, I could tell a joke into this microphone right now and no one in the room is going to laugh. So that's what I mean. But I used to, uh, there was a when I lived in Charleston, uh, the last few years I had no car. The last two years I lived in Charleston, I didn't have a car. I sold my car, and I just rode a bike. But the apartment that I lived in was downtown, so I could walk to Hyman's where I worked. Uh, I could walk to Big Gun Burger where I hosted my open mic. I could wa- walk to Theater Ninety Nine where I did improv and hosted my monthly show. And the trivia that I hosted at Yo Burrito, uh, I could walk to, and. So I could walk to everything, and the laundromat was a bit further of a walk, especially with a bunch of clothes. So what I would do was stuff all my clothes into a gym bag and then throw it over my shoulder, and then I would bike down to the laundromat. So I would usually do that on a Thursday when I was off work. Right. So I'd be down in Thursday in like my, you know, my last bit of clothes. I'd be looking rough. And I'm down there at the laundromat. I'm doing my laundry, and it's fine. I used to get some writing done. I used to read. It's great. I loved it. But one day, the laundromat, like, opened a cafe inside. Like, there wasn't even space for a cafe. It wasn't set up at all for a restaurant to be there. But just suddenly, this little cafe opens, and they serve sandwiches and stuff. So now, all these people on their lunch breaks from work all these nice downtown jobs in Charleston are coming in there. When I'm sitting there looking like I don't have a job on Thursday and looking like I don't have a, la- a, a washer and dryer, which I didn't, but I just like, man, this is not what I needed in here. I'm trying to hide away from people in the laundromat. I don't need, you know, people to come in here and, you know, see me looking like this. And uh, so. I don't know where to go with that joke, but that's just a true thing that happened. I don't know. One day I'll make that a joke, but I mean, that is the truth. And then I would, before before I sold my car, actually one time, before I sold my car, I still lived in the same apartment, so I didn't have a, and I would still go to the same laundromat, but I would drive. One time I drove there. Oh, I forgot all about this. This is hilarious. One time I drove there and I parked in the spot. Now, in Charleston, they have a lot of spots that'll say like, you know, it's designed for traffic. So they'll say, you know, no parking from four to six. Or or if it's in the morning, it'll say from six to nine or whatever, seven to nine, no parking. And I had parked in one of those because I didn't realize I, I parked there. I got there about three, I guess. And I didn't think about how long it would take me. So I... Went in, I parked, I went in, I was doing my laundry, and I walk out with my laundry in my arms 
to see my car being towed away. It's being just towed right out of there. So it just is gone. And now I'm just standing there with my laundry. So I have to call a friend. Now, this was before I was biking to the to the laundromat or before I was walking to the laundromat, right? So I was a different person. I was a big drinker. I was heavier. I was like walking home from there wasn't even in my mindset. I was like, this is impossible to do. So I called my friend Apples and Apples came and picked me up and drove me to to the uh, police station because in Charleston, if your car gets towed, you have to go to the police station to get a release form. So he drove me to the the police station and I went in and, you know, they take their time. They take their sweet time in there. They act like because your car has been towed, you've committed a real crime. And so I had to wait and then I got the release form and then I had to get my friend to drive me to get my car out of the towing lot. And it's like, Man, I'm just trying to do laundry here. Laundry took me like five hours that day. And um, wild, wild stories. I used to get towed all the time because I, I lived at that apartment downtown. I had no parking place and, you know, no washer and dryer. But the parking place, so, and I would drink and drive all the time, right? I'm not bragging about it. I really am not. But I used to do it all the time. I don't think people should, and I wouldn't do it today. But I used to do it all the time in my 20s. And I didn't have a parking place. So what I would do, I lived downtown. I would park at a meter because after 6, used to be. Now they've changed it. But after, yeah, I think it's after 6, the meter was free. It doesn't matter what time it was. But after 6, it's free. And before 9, it's free. So as long as you're not there from 9 to 6, you don't get uh, a ticket. But sometimes I would park in these you know, no parking from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or whatever, and I would forget about it. And, you know, I would drive drunk at night, and I would park at one of these meters, and then the next morning I'd wake up, and I wouldn't remember where I had parked my car. I would really have to rack my brain for where I had parked my car. So one morning I did this, and I go, okay, I'm pretty sure I parked it here. And then I walk there, and my car's not there. And I have a full-time job at this point. I don't have to be there at a specific time, but my boss really wants me to be there by 8. I don't have to be there because I just call on stores. Nobody knows. Like what, Like if I, go, if I get to the first store at 6 a.m. and work there for four hours, then drive to the next store, they don't see me until 10.30. They don't know if I just started my day or not. No one knows, so it doesn't matter. But my boss really wanted me to be there at 8. But, you know, I'd wake up. And I'd walk out to my car and, and it's, and it's not there. And I'm like, did I park here or did it get towed? And it, and then if it got towed, then it was a real hassle. I would have to, I, there was no Uber back then either. I'd either have to get a ride or call a cab. And I'd take a cab to the police station, I have to let that cab go, get the, get the release form and then call a cab. Uh, and this was, a lot of this was before I even had a smartphone. Right. So it was like I had a cell phone, but there was no Uber, no Lyft, and I couldn't just Google the cab company. Right. You had to have the cab company's number saved in your phone. And uh, I mean, I used to get I mean, I got so many tickets. I used to because I would, you know, I would wake up late and I'd have a ticket and I'd get a boot on my car and I would come out and I'd have a boot and I'd go, oh, gosh, I'd have to call him. And then I'd have to pay like 600 bucks right on the spot to get the boot off. 
and then have to drive to work. I mean, I was a real wreck for a while and uh, I was having a blast, but I was a real wreck. I mean, especially so the day I quit that job and sold my car and no, it was like so much freedom because I no longer had to worry about getting tickets anymore and didn't have to worry about getting boots or getting towed. I knew where all the free spots were at, but there were only limited spots in those free spots. One, we had a free lot on the weekend one time. I had it for years. And then all of a sudden they built like student housing back there and it just took the whole lot. And that was a big bummer because Saturdays were the hardest because I was off work on Saturday, Sunday, free parking all day. Saturday was the hardest. Normally I would park in this at a meter and just go out every two hours and pay the meter. And it was just, it was, it was a nightmare. And, uh, but I mean, you know, I love doing it. I loved, uh, I mean, the drinking days were really fun. I, you know, there's so much about them that I'm glad I, so much I'm glad I don't do. My Uber driver yesterday was telling me about some instances she's had. She says, I'm a paramedic also. And she drives Uber and says she's picked up people so drunk that she just like feels a real obligation to like take care of them. And she was just telling me the things that she'd done. Like, you know, she, she drove somebody like 30 miles to a place and the girl had fallen asleep in the back and then woke the girl up. And the girl's like, this is not my house. I don't live here. And then, so they finally got in touch with her roommate and she had to drive her there. And another guy, she said, was so drunk he couldn't even talk. And his key no longer worked for his hotel room. And he didn't even know what room he was in. The room wasn't in his name. He was just so wet. She said that his wife or girlfriend was down here on a work trip. And he just came to visit. He just came to hang with her. And he got so wasted. She was like, it wasn't even 9 o'clock yet. This guy was so wasted he couldn't keep his eyes open. So... I'm happy that I gave that up before I moved to Nashville because I could see myself getting in some real trouble out in Nashville. All right, so I want to move into some music. Uh, we'll be riding wild fire. All right. Uh, this is uh, recently I bought this uh, John Anderson uh, Seminole Wind CD. I know people aren't buying CDs anymore, but. I got this off of uh, Amazon because I couldn't find it on Spotify. And uh, John Anderson here. Uh, but look at this. You know, you get a little thing here. You get some stuff that you don't get off Spotify. I miss this. This is not a lot here. Uh, but, oh, apparently his management is uh, was in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I don't know if that's still his management or not, but that's interesting. I used to live in Hendersonville. That's where Conway Twitty's old manager lived. I met him out there one time. But uh, uh, I like this. I mean, Straight Tequila Night is a great song. Don't ask her on a straight tequila. It's a guy like, like she's, you know, this girl's going through heartbreak. And if you, you know, but if you want to ask her on a date, that's fine. She, she might go out with you. But don't ask her when she's drinking straight tequila because she, she'll start thinking about him. And then she's ready to fight. Blames her broken heart on every man inside. And then there is, uh, um, obviously, when it comes to, oh, there's obviously uh, Seminole Wind, uh, which is a great song. It's a, a, about the, the you know, the, the Everglades and the Seminole tribe from 
Florida. And this is, you know, John Anderson's song in defense of them. And then it, when it comes to you is a great, great song. I'm seeing that it's written by Mark Knopfler. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but I think that's the guy from uh, Dire Straits. I could be wrong about that, but When It Comes to You is a really great song. But then the song that I like on this is a song called Look Away. And, you know, it's got, you know, it's got a little bit of that, uh, look away, look, it's like the Dixie song, look away, Dixieland, right? But the song is really about like him, you know, it's talking to him going to different Southern towns and states and seeing how much they have changed, you know, and he's like, he says, Dixie's had a facelift. I guess she's looking better, but I kind of like the old one. I never will forget her, right? And by old one, I mean, he he's meaning just a simpler time when when it wasn't fancy and rich. Not, you know, you can't talk about the South in a positive light anymore. He's not talking about way back. He's not talking about the 1800s. He's talking about just a simpler time before, because he says, um, he went to get some barbecue at a little place that he once knew, but all he found were sushi bars and dealerships for foreign cars. They took the north and moved it south. He said, shut my redneck mouth. Right? It's just, it's a fun song, but it's like, it's it's awesome. He talks about Tennessee on there, and he's like, he, he was down on in Nashville, and he went to look up stars he used to know. And he says, uh, but the secretaries wouldn't let him in, said, "Need your leave your name and call again. I just think it's fun. I think it could be applied to any part of the country, really, any small town where you're like, I really liked the small feel of it. And now it's so big and so fancy that, you know, it's lost a lot of that vibe. I think it's a great song. I couldn't find it anywhere, so I bought the CD. Uh, really fun stuff. Uh, comedy. Uh, I, I still have not been listening to any comedy. I don't know. I... Just find it hard that when I do comedy all the time to stop and listen to comedy. Uh, my the people that that I worked with this weekend. Uh, let's see, it was uh, I'm going to look that up right now. I mean, Pat Chase and Carly, but I want to get her name right um, because they're they're Chicago comics and uh, very funny. And let's see. It is uh, Carly Kane and Pat Chase. Very funny people. So if you live in Chicago, check them out. Or if they're coming to your town and you listen to this podcast, book them on your show. They're very funny. I like them a lot. And uh, I think that's about it. I appreciate you tuning in. I don't know if the video will ever see the light of day that I'm doing or not. But I am working towards beginning to get my stuff on YouTube. Uh, and so I'm making the progress. I'm making the effort. I got to get comfortable talking in front of the camera for an hour and I need better lighting. I can tell right now that I need better lighting. So, cause it's daytime and it is, this video is looking pretty dark. So anyway, I appreciate you tuning in. I don't know if I've missed anything. Um, I don't know. I wanted to do like, try to do some kind of news stuff, like not serious news, just fun news articles. But I didn't look any of them up. I think Jalen Hurts was my story of the day, which I do enjoy that story. I hope that you guys like that too. Look up Jalen Hurts. Look up the Jalen Hurts story. It's very fun. Um, All right. Well, thank you very much, and we're having a good time.